recording. It's recording. What episode were we up to? Episode 33. 33. 33. God, I never remember. My God. That's so many. <laughs> but what's really nice about Buzzsprout, which is the program we used to upload the podcast episodes, is that it's now pre-populating the field. So I don't Woo-hoo! have to like try and look it up every time I have to put in all the details. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> it's so kind. I take it we're not the only one who forgets what episode we're up to. <laughs> Thank you, Buzzsprout, for making us <laughs> feel stupid. For thinking for us. Yeah, so I'm Liz. And I'm Hanny. And we're Witchabites Podcast. Woo! So this month we thought we would talk about all things spooky and ghosty or encountery. Oh, hell yeah. Because it's coming up to Selween for us here in the Southern Hemisphere and uh, well of course the veil's thinning for the Northern Hemisphere as well with Beltane mm-hmm. but um, Beltana so yay ghosts are always fun I love a spooky episode <laughs> um, I was reading this book that I'm going to talk to Liz more about after the podcast because I will harp on about it and it's not really related to ghosts Tales of the Irish Hed- Hedge Rose oh my god I can't read anymore either <laughs> This is going to be a fun episode. This book is just about um, different traditions in Ireland based around the plants and the animals in the hedgerow, which is, I was going to say slowly, but not slowly at all, quickly disappearing over there as everywhere. But one of the things I read as I was just flicking through was they say, don't eat blackberries after Samhain. Oh, I've heard this. You want to know why? Oh, yes. What, What did you read? Which bitch amateur hour did an episode of Blackberries this last oh, week? Oh, I haven't listened to it. I actually haven't listened to it. This is not encroaching on their copyright <laughs> um, because this book was saying that um, the puka spits on it and so you shouldn't eat it. But it also said he might um, urinate on the bush, so please don't eat blackberries after Samhain. The look on Liz's face is fantastic. Did the stage just say spit? <laughs> I guess it's all right if you wash it. Do you really want supernatural urine on the fruit you eat <laughs> i don't know i think that's Remnants? probably worse than taking food from <laughs> from something supernatural <laughs> from the fairy True. realm yeah yeah <laughs> that's <But> yeah. worse. <laughs> don't eat blackberries after after april basically down here oh it's pretty crazy because mm. like you don't normally see them out but because we've had such warm weather there's still blackberries on the bushes yeah, at the moment heaps. oh i have like an abandoned lot in my house it's on a highway so i'm not going to, but there's a bunch of blackberries and they're like at the edge of the lot, like, you know, hardly any ways from the very busy highway. And I'm very tempted to eat them, but I'm also very tempted to not eat them. Because they might be pissed on? Yeah. Not not yet. They <laughs> might got be, time. They might be card all over. <laughs> you might. Car piss? <laughs> oh, yeah, all the Pollution. Yeah. It's also. <laughs> car piss. <Carpies>. Pollution. <laughs> Pollution is car piss. Um. <laughs> It's going to be a fun episode. <laughs> I've been sick, not with COVID, and I've been by myself on and off for like almost two weeks now, so um, human contact. <laughs> oh, the other reason I won't probably will never eat those blackberries is because the abandoned lot was a um, service station. Uh, so who knows what is there? A yeah. service station like a gas station for others. Yeah. Petrol and chemicals. Yeah. So yes. They have cleared it all out now though. Oh, have they? And they always have to dig up the tanks that had the fuel but you don't know yeah and these are just like on the sidewalk pavement beside the road they're very close to the road 
I did think about taking it, taking the blackberries for my resident possum that lives in my roof, don't tell my landlord. I then thought, oh, yeah, great. So you won't eat them, but you'll feed the poisonous <laughs> blackberries to this poor native animal. <laughs> so, yeah, the blackberries are just still there. I still remember when I was um, raising one of my early possums <laughs> and uh, it was sitting on my shoulder and, you know, I take it out and I try and encourage it to climb trees while they're small and stuff. And I yep. took them near the blackberries because I thought, oh, maybe it will, like, try and eat some of the blackberries. And it was like. It was like, oh, my God, blackberries, and I ate one. It was like, ooh, and then all of a sudden it launched off me and into the blackberry bush, and then you just got this, like, abort, abort, I've made an error. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I had to fish it out of the blackberries. You're a bad possum parent. <laughs> Poor possum. I didn't know it was going to jump into the blackberries. <laughs> yeah. We just spent, like, half an hour, well, not half an hour, but we didn't we just spend a few minutes discussing how stupid possums were? Yes. Yes, we did. Yeah. I yes. take it this is hard-earned knowledge through <laughs> through trial and error on your part. Well, I feel like they're tricksters. So, you know, if they're a trickster spirit, they're going to, like, do things like jump into blackberry bushes. I bet. Did you get more hurt fishing it out than it was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's the, it has pretty thick fur. Yeah. It's nice and soft, yeah. but it's quite, it's quite thick. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, blackberries are harsh, man. Yeah. Oh, the other thing which I didn't tell you is that I lost one of my wallabies. Oh. I took it to the vet because it wasn't doing very well. Like he was really wild, like even though I raised him from really small, about yeah. maybe two months before I released him, he just decided he wasn't going to come near me anymore. And he was doing really well. Oh, yeah. Really, really well. Um, so I released him and within three weeks he had lost a ton of weight. Not even three weeks, like I reckon it was like a week. And I caught him and took him to the vets and the vets were running all these tests and they were going to, like, let me know. Like, there was nothing obviously wrong. He just lost a bunch of weight. Uh, well, for him to lose weight that quickly, it's it was really serious. Yep. Um, I'm still waiting for some of the test results to come back. So, like, they gassed him down and, like, took bloods and all that kind of stuff. And he woke up from the anaesthetic but he never stood up. And Aww. I messaged and said, is this a problem? Because the vet nurse is a friend of mine. Yeah. And he said, oh, not yet, but if it's oh. still going on tomorrow, it's it a problem. And he died during the night. Oh. So it broke my heart. I cried lots about it, of course. Yeah. Um, and so I took him up to the block, um, up to the property that I yep. release on, and I walked him up the hill and I had him wrapped up in like a pink unicorn blanket <laughs> is it the dog's unicorn blanket uh no it was the wallaby unicorn blanket okay, right, right. yeah 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 no i have one for the wallabies it's what i bought from shiploads we walked him up the hill which was mm. hard because he was a five Big. kilo okay. like yeah he, he lost so much weight he was only five kilos like when i released him he was probably about eight okay so he lost a ton of weight yeah, really wow. quickly they think it might be toxo ah uh, yeah um anyway so so I walked him up and I put stones around his body and I covered him with sticks and I sang him a song and, well, I sobbed him a song <laughs> and um, and said goodbye because I know he'll get ravaged by ravens and quolls and we have devils in our property. So, mm. um, yeah, so that was really He'll go back into the ecosystem pretty quickly. I just hope that. Just don't go and look at it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I put him in a place that. 
is not somewhere I go regularly. Okay, good. So, yeah, I that chose. That could be devastating. But not to be near where the wallabies, like, yeah. usually hang out. So I didn't put him near the she-oak forest. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, it yeah, broke my heart. <sighs> Actually, I have a similar story. Mm. So I was ill just after I'd gotten well. I was going to see my family for Easter and I got up quite early just like it was just like a normal time I get up to go to work kind of thing and it was still dark and I went into my bathroom and as I turned to come back out when I was done there was this mouse <gasps> well okay there was a rat okay in my house I don't know how it got in yeah and obviously my cat had caught it and it was still alive but it was really wobbly and I think it's spine was broken so it wasn't going to live yeah but I put it in a box and I closed the door on it I gave it some food and water just in case and I wrapped it up and put it in the box and was just gonna see what happened I didn't think it would live though it didn't look hurt but it couldn't use its legs so yeah but yeah so I thought rat but it looked like a mouse that was rat size so it was about 10 centimeters and it had a tail that was like 15 centimetres long. It was really big. But it looked like a mouse. It had the, the rounder ears and the rounder nose. Yeah. So I think it was like a na- little native animal, not a, you know, a European rat or a yeah. mouse. Yeah, we do have some native Yeah, that's what it species. looked like. And, of course, because its back legs didn't work, I couldn't yeah. see if it had longer ones. Yeah. Some of them jump. Yeah. And I haven't had the heart to look it up. But, yeah, it just, it just died. And I was really upset. I mean, once – so, okay, this is probably a good tip for people out there. If you have an animal that your cat brings in and it's still alive and you just let it go, it's going to die because yep. cat's mouths are incredibly germy um, and it needs antibiotics. So if it is – particularly if it's something native, like make mm. sure you get it to a vet so it can get treated properly, even if it doesn't look injured as soon as the saliva's on there. Coats like because they'll have to clean themselves as well. The animal, yeah, yeah. that's a good tip, yeah. Because yeah, often, especially our cats, which are my cat, the other thing, my cat never goes outside, yeah. So, <laughs> How did it get in the house? I don't know because it was it was quite big, it kind of, like it wasn't mouse hole size. I'm yeah. showing this like two centimeters, three centimeters, like yeah. it would have needed like a yeah, like know. bandicoot size, but yeah. not a bandicoot, yeah, yeah. it yeah. would have needed like a five centimeter at least gap to get through. Like yeah. a, a big hole that you would notice. Yeah. And it's not like I'm leaving my door open. But it didn't look injured. But it obviously really was. Yeah. But um, yeah, with our other cats as well, even the ones that go out, like they'll just basically mouth things and bring them inside. Yeah. Yeah. Especially b- birds. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good tip because yeah. we just let them go because we thought stressful to get them looked at and it would be okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. sad now. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know mm. that either. Yeah, until I started wildlife caring. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a good tip. Yeah, if you stop listening and don't listen to anything else, take that away <laughs> from this episode. <laughs> if death is not your thing, okay. So, um, <laughs> death. Hey, let's talk death. Let's talk about death, let's baby. About death. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we have for you today is we have. I have a ghost story. I have family stories. Then we also have some listener stories. 
That's so exciting. Thank you for sending them to us. I'm so grateful. And if you do listen to this and you feel inspired and want to send them to us, please do because we will save them and read them at probably Beltane. Um, and if we ever get enough, we might just I'd love I'd love to do scary story, like regular scary story episodes. A bonus episode. I also really like like the weird tales. Oh yeah. And Tasmania actually has quite a few weird ghost slash paranormal kind of tales. You just have to go and find them. Oh. Mm. Should I start with my story? Sure. Okay. It's long. That's okay. I'm sorry, but I <laughs> I kind of love it because this guy is an intriguing character. I would say stubborn. And (laughs) anyway, let's go. So this article is from Trove and I didn't write down the year, but I think it was 1936. I'll put it in the show notes. And the article's titled Declared War on the Ghost, But the Ghost Won. I love it. The true story by Captain X. So he hasn't given his name. <laughs> Captain X. Clever man. <laughs> okay. So known in Tasmania as the skipper and a prominent frontiersman, hello, I have lived a somewhat adventurous life in various parts of the world and have experienced thrills aplenty. I am going to say that he could succinct what he says. <laughs> so he's very verbose. He's a little bit, yes, yes. Yet the following experience has proved more than intriguing in its peculiar nature, inasmuch as the setting was in England, in a country village in Oxfordshire, where I least expected to be troubled with spooks. Soon after my return from the war, I met at Winchester College an old scholar just back from Africa and went into partnership with him. So being 1936, it must have been World War I. Yes. Yeah. Two. One's like 1919, but did, when did World War Two start? I don't know when it started, but was it? Th- it ended in 45 here. Yeah. And 44. And this article was 1936. Might have started. Maybe. Might not have quite started. Different war. Might be a war in between. Don't know, I'm not very good at history. That's no. why I study science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can tell you about squids, but I can't tell you about war. Um, we can tell you where to find out. <laughs> yeah, as a librarian. <laughs> yeah. But off the top of our head, no. no not going to happen. Nah. All right. Uh, back from Africa and went into partnership with him in the purchase of a farm situated in the village of Shilton, when, where we both resided in bachelor bliss until my marriage, which necess- necessitated my procuring another residence. See what I mean about being able to say things more succinctly? He got married and needed a bigger house. That's right. He needed a place for his, for them <laughs> without his bachelor friend. However, there was in the village only one suitable house offering a big rambling stone building with a coach house adjoining and with an acre of orchard and garden, very much overgrown. The whole was surrounded by the whole that's of the property. Must have been. No property word in there, though. The hole was surrounded by a brick wall eight feet high with the exception of a few yards in the front of the house where the wall was only two feet six inches high with a gate in the centre, flanked by brick posts two feet square and four feet high. I hope you've got this Why is that important? It does become important later. Okay, right, right, right. And weighing about a quart each. I didn't know quart was CWT. Anyway. 
Each was cemented on to the flat tops and no half dozen men could have pushed them off. Okay, so that is important. Right. That bit's important. That they're, they're big heavy. and heavy. <laughs> and then so in this article it's headed, like there's got like headings. So um, this one, the first heading is Rumours of Spooks. Mm. I mentioned this because it has bearing in my narrative. Oh, yeah, okay. the headings are in weird places, can <laughs> I just say. The house stood alone and an old maiden lady and her maid occupied two rooms. On inquiring from the village folk regarding... Were they the- buying the people too? <laughs> That's, that is explained a little bit later Sorry. on, can I just say. No, it's a great question. <laughs> it's just like it comes with people. It does come with people. That's like correct. Act- actually people living there. <laughs> yeah, which is bizarre when you hear the stories anyway. Okay. Uh, and a maid occupied two rooms. On inquiring from the village folk regarding the owner of the property as I intended buying it, I was unanimously informed in startled whispers that the place was haunted. And with that exception of two mysterious old ladies had not been tenanted for years. The rest of the house was badly out of repair and everybody gave the place a wide berth. I was strongly advised not to have anything to do with it. The very knowledge, however, that the place was haunted made me determined to live there if possible. When I say this guy's stubborn, I mean he's stubborn. (laughs) But then I'd kind of want to live in a haunted house too. It would depend on what kind of haunted. <laughs> yeah, if there are objects flying around that could hurt me, you know. But just like, you know, potentially sharing a space. Oh, my God. Did you see that? I think it was a TikTok video and it was like a, uh, like, you know, a reenactment and it was a couple had gone to bed and they'd been having weird experiences so they set up a, a camera. I've wanted to do this to myself. I mean, for it, so this long. is completely fake, but, but it's anyway, creepy. But it's kind. Of, it made me laugh so hard. So they go to sleep, and then yeah. the door flings open, <laughs> and the plant gets knocked down, and then it flicks back up, <laughs> and then like something happens in the corner where a cupboard opens, and then like um, the sheet gets ripped off the bed. And then they, like, rewind it and then they're, like, with ghost cam and this person walks in with the sheet over them. <laughs> and they're, like, excuse me, I just need to get something from the cupboard. And they, like, knock the plan over. And they're, oh, like, sorry. Oh, sorry. And pick it back up. And they're, like, I, I've just got to get into the cupboard. And then oh, the I door love flings open. And the girl's, like, in bed. And she's, like, screaming. And then he's, like, oh, you know, I didn't mean to disturb you. And then he's, like, going out trying to leave. And then he gets caught up in the sheet and, and rips it off the bed. Oh, that's brilliant. And it's really funny. I loved it. Anyway. So <laughs> I have something to add to that. Yeah. You can last night I I had a pretty intense dream. Not scary. It was actually quite a cool dream. My Fitbit, because I measure my sleep. So my Fitbit said so from 2.59 to 4.08, my Fitbit thought I was awake, which was when I was having the dream. Uh, yeah. Elevated heart rate? You to know. I think I just lay on my arm stupid. <laughs> couldn't measure properly but um yeah it was a weird thing when I sort of figured it out well I guess yeah. it doesn't count very well towards your sleep hours for the evening no I, I actually slept a really long time it's like <laughs> you have a score of like 60 you slept terribly like you're a liar <laughs> I know I slept <laughs> so yeah that's why I want to set up a video camera do it I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't do it because it would freak me out because knowing my like someone would climb out of the ceiling and it'd be all caught on camera and I would rather not know um, that, that's where I've come to, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to know if I get abducted by aliens or monsters while I'm asleep. Alien abductions freak me out. Yeah, so me too. Much. 
people think it's stupid that that freaks me out. But I, driving along a dark road by myself, which is why I probably don't like driving home at night by myself. Anyway. Yeah. I see things of the night. And, <sighs> yeah, no. No, things are scary. Let's change this because I have to drive home after this. <laughs> and it's dark. Let's go back to the captain. Let's go back to the ghost story, shall we? <laughs> Seems like a great idea. Um, I mean, this story makes me laugh so hard uh, for all the wrong reasons, um, which is why I chose it. So he's it. buying a house with two old ladies in it. Yes. So he's buying old ladies. He's weirdo. Uh, okay. So he was determined to live there if possible and yep. thrilled with the prospect of meeting with a real spook. He keeps using spooks and I keep thinking, uh, isn't spook a term that they used to use for, like, the CIA? I think it is, like, for spies and stuff. <laughs> He's going to meet a spy? Well, he was soon in possession of the key for inspection. The use of the word possession I don't like in that sentence. But no. Um, I found the ground floors rotted away and Ugh. weeds four feet high growing through the rotted wood with a dank, musty atmosphere permeating the whole house that's upstairs actually, and down. That's actually really gross. <laughs> and there are people living me. there. That, not in those rooms. <laughs> they better not be. That'd be gross. Yeah, actually, that's much more frightening than the thought that these poor old ladies are living there and they're, like, weird Scary people. It's, yeah, Anyway, um, I found that the house could only be sold conditionally, that the old lady and her maid retained two rooms for life. Explained. Okay. And this would not affect me in any way. I took it on. So he was fine with having the two ladies there because he puts them to work. Um, Before moving in. God. (laughs) Before moving in, I had the place thoroughly renovated, new floors, walls, ceilings put in, and the garden and orchard put in order. On completion of this, my wife and I moved in. Three years later. Sounds like it needed a lot of work. (laughs) I'm just chucking that in there. (laughs) Yeah, not sure how much longer, but on completion, Mm. they moved in. Among other things, we kept on the farm some 800 pure... Old ladies. going to add old ladies. (laughs) Bread fowls. And I decided to transfer to my wife several hens with chicks and sittings of eggs for her own private use. She's only allowed to have seven of the 800. That's cool. And some chicks. Moving on. Although 800. Yeah, who wants to look after that many? My God, no. Anyway, neither do they because I have the rest of this story. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think I'm just going to skip the headings because that doesn't make sense in the placement. Unless they're funny, yes. Well, this one kind of gives away the story. Okay, don't do that. Sorry. I haven't heard this either, just by the way. So, yeah, don't (laughs) give it away. (laughs) One morning I placed six hen coops made in the carpenter's shop on the farm of where there were some 60-odd all-uniform type. So we didn't need to know those details. In the orchard, each containing a hen and chicks or eggs and went off to the farm. On my return, I found my wife very upset and puzzled. The coops were all empty. The old no- ladies ate them? Because <laughs> they could have ate 60. No, what was it? Six, six. Yeah, six hen coops. Um, <laughs> no, the hens, not the coops. That would be really difficult. Um, uh, 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 uh. The coops were all empty with no sign of any disturbance, tell tail feathers or eggshells. She declared that she heard no noise, yet on going out in the evening there were no sign of hens, chicks or eggs, and the coops were shut as if they were left as they were left, with the hens behind the wooden bars in chicken jail. Two days later that didn't say that. Uh, two days later I <laughs> He's placed- a secret vegan. <laughs> <laughs> two days later I placed six more hens in the coop. What? Coops, Why? Obviously on- there's a bad idea. <laughs> chicken hater. <laughs> 
He just wants them all gone. He doesn't want to look after 800 of them. All he wouldn't be, it would be the ladies. Yep. Um, all on eggs with the same result and for a few days made careful investigations in and around the village, but I could not solve the mystery. They However, totally ate them. <laughs> it's probably people living foxes. No, there were no no feathers. Uh, or Bodies. However, there were there was a possibility of them having been stolen. I thought I would tempt the thief or thieves further, and so place six more hens and eggs in the coops. <sighs> this time in the evening, and having seen them all safely cooped, I took up my service revolver and stationed myself behind the low box thorn hedge, three yards from the coops and facing them. He's gonna shoot the old ladies. <laughs> Chicken stealers. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It it was a moon. Oh, that's a bad translation from Trove. It was a moonlit night and I sat until two in the morning, every detail of the coops being clearly outlined. I call bullshit. I'd I'd fall asleep. (laughs) My God. But he's a soldier. Outline, he's probably had to stand vigil. (laughs) True. I don't know if that's true. Outline, the whole time while I watched closely, the silence was intense and I decided to end my vigil and walked over to the coops for a final inspection before turning in. To my dismay, they were all empty and there was not a mark on the dewy grass or a thing disturbed. I sat down again in my deck chair and tried to fathom (laughs) the thing out. Yet I had to smile as I thought of the awed whisperings of the village folk a few weeks previously and decided not to enlighten them regarding the happenings. It's totally the old ladies. <laughs> That's pretty bizarre, though. If you were watching and they just disappeared, what that would you is... think happened? I, I, yeah, I don't actually know what I would think. I'd be thinking underground bunkers? No, I don't yeah. know what I'd be thinking. Um, a few weeks later, my wife's mother came to stay for a few days. With the old ladies? <laughs> they made friends. Sorry, I'm just going to keep bringing up the old ladies. I'll stop now. <laughs> the old ladies are cool. Yeah, they're the um, best part of the story yeah. so far. <laughs> a few weeks, not the chickens disappearing with no, no. evidence. <laughs> um, I just love that he thinks about the village people and being amused by that. And I'm like, what kind of weirdo are you? He's an aristocrat. <laughs> And they're just the poor peasants, so obviously they'll find it funny and he will not because he's a rational human being and they're just peasants. Uh, A few weeks later, my wife's mother came to stay for a few days and one evening whilst at dinner, our guest sat with her back to the dining room window. The old-fashioned type with window seat and diamond panel opening outward with a gravel path and low box hedge just outside when suddenly came three hard and distinct raps on the window. The window was partly open. This has happened to me before. I don't like this story. <laughs> I, Suddenly. I, I've had people knock on my window yeah. and the person who lived in the same corner as I did but a few floors up had people knock on their window and there was no balcony. Yeah, that's creepy. hate it. So gross. It I, freaked me out. Yeah, not liking that. I was on the ground floor but they still had – it was still like like it was a distance High. to the yeah. window. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> hate it uh the window window was partly open and i called out who's there and went over and looked out he didn't yell fuck off (laughs) i would (laughs) have that's what we want to do to heal song it's spotlight with song Uh, um anyway um (laughs) there's a story behind that just just run at them (laughs) just run at them like with an inverted pentagram and smash i want to throw salt and be like fuck off 
yeah. I'm going to chant it. Anyway, that's <laughs> not going to happen because I'm too chicken chip. Uh, okay, and went over and looked out. It was quite dark and no one was there, and we continued for meal, the meal for a few minutes when again came three raps on the window. I sprang up and ran through the hall and outside and around the corner to the window, looking on the gravel with my torch for boot marks, but I couldn't hear or see nothing. Though I searched the garden thoroughly, the village was in darkness and a bed. I went back to the dining room, first making sure the maids and the old lady in the other part of the house were all inside. I then told my wife and her mother that I would leave the hall door open and stand just outside the dining room door so that I could reach the outside of the window. In a few seconds, should the raps come again, I had only a minute or so to wait when rap, rap, rap came again. I was out of the house before the third rap, but could see or hear nothing. After another thorough search in an enclosure with an eight-foot wall with only the front gate as entrance, we heard no more raps that night, but our guest said she could hear similar raps on her bedroom window the night before. She slept on the second floor back room. See, I hate that. (laughs) And her window would be some 14 feet from the ground. 14 feet? Jeez, that's only second floor window. And because this guy is a freaking masochist, and I smiled as I thought of the wa- warming of the village, of the warning of the village folk. Simple peasantry. Things were beginning to get interesting. <laughs> really? Already? <laughs> I mean, chickens stolen, rapping on the window. I'm waiting for floating tables and stuff where it gets interesting. Oh, sadly, that does not happen. Mm. I would be oh, – anyway, I think mm. he's kind of a bit of a jerk by the end of the story, but we're moving on. Um, a week passed. Well, he has you- eaten the old ladies because <laughs> they took his chickens. <laughs> he got hungry. No eggs either. So. Yeah. A week passed and our guest had departed. We had been asleep for some time when there came a loud knocking on the bedroom door, waking us both. I called out, who's there? The reply Again, came. didn't call fuck off. <laughs> no, he's, he's not that kind of aristocrat, apparently. True. The reply came, Miss Parker. I lit the lamp. I'm guessing she's one of the maids. I lit the lamp and on opening the door, beheld a trembling old maidservant on the landing with a lighted candle. I asked her he what didn't she- didn't meet the old ladies. Sorry. They're still alive. <laughs> Yay. Best part of the story. I asked her what she wanted, and she said there was somebody downstairs in the kitchen. Mm. Both she and the other old lady, so they're just both old. I thought one was younger. Anyway, I guess that's the younger one. Oh, the maidservant. The she's maid not servant. married, so she's always missed, but she could be older than the lady. <laughs> I always had an old lady and a younger – anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, I asked her what she wanted, and she said there was somebody downstairs in the kitchen. Both she and the other Looking old – Looking for those chickens. They're hungry. <laughs> the lady could hear them. I replied they must have been dreaming or mistaken. The sounds of the country policeman passing on the road – or mistaken the sounds of the country policeman passing on the road. But I would search the house. <laughs> it took him the rest of the night because it sounds fucking huge. <laughs> I went downstairs. Every door was locked and bolted on the ground floor, windows fastened. Yet on reaching the passage leading to the kitchen, I could distinctly hear a man's heavy tread on the stone flags of the kitchen floor. I crept back to the hall and procured one of my walking sticks. Thus armed... <laughs> I love that's a walking stick. Thus armed, I made for the kitchen, and all the time I could hear the heavy footsteps. Pushing open the door, I flashed my torch into the room, closing the door behind me to shut out the noise of the expected encounter from the from the women folk. But no sign of anybody could I find. So he could scream blue murder from fear in peace. They could have a fight. 
and it wouldn't affect the women folk at all in the kitchen. And their delicate constitutions. <laughs> I mean, it kind of gets that way towards the end. Uh, oh, yeah. Waiting for it. <laughs> the only other exit, the back door was locked and bolted. I searched every nook and corner. I expected that word to be crony. But the four the footsteps continued and appeared to go through the wall at the end of the room <laughs> into the adjoining coach house. That's a bit creepy. <laughs> It I mean, would be creepy to have someone like there's someone there walking around, just there, and you're there too. And it's like, what are you doing? Get out! <laughs> I can't see you, but yeah, I know can you're you here. Just leave. <laughs> um, there being a well-filled coal shed, the other well fed. Ah, oh, okay. This is where it's different times. A well-filled cold, cold coal shed. Yes. The other side of this, I thought perhaps that the coal was the object of the intruders okay i therefore carefully undid the back door and crept along to the coach house and coal shed both of which were locked but there was not a soul about the footsteps appeared to walk through the wall again and back into the kitchen i darted to find nothing there but the footsteps retreated at my entrance through the wall again (laughs) as i stood there wondering the walking continued i gave it up (laughs) and locked and bolted the back door, replaced my stick, and went to bed, stating that I had searched inside and out and that there was nothing to worry about, although I left the unseen sentry patrolling the stone flags. <laughs> well, what else are you going to do? Yell at them to fuck off! I mean, I would have been freaked out and not gone to bed, but, you know, he has a stronger constitution than I do. But also with things like that, yeah, usually yelling works. Oh, Said from experience. <laughs> Uh, learnt the hard way. <laughs> this time, though, I did not smile as I thought of the startled whispers <laughs> of the village folk. Finally. For my wife was experiencing sleepless nights and her nerves were getting badly rattled. And on more than one occasion since the visit of her mother, the raps had taken place. So I declared war on the ghost in earnest. <laughs> on two occasions. So this is his mistake. On two yeah. occasions, I think, you know, cl- declaring war on a ghost is yeah. probably not the right way to you go about it. You just tell them very firmly to leave. Yeah. And not- usually <laughs> they do. Let's fight. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not fighting. It's just like, no, you just you go over there, away from us. On two occasions while I was out, I told you the story was long. On two occasions while I was out late in the evening, a rat-a-tat on the front door knocker brought her to the door, only to find nobody there. In consequence of this, I sat one night at my bedroom window with my hunting crop, with which by leaning out I could slash the front door. <laughs> so he just hits the front door. They're gone now, dear. I kind of love this guy for being such a like, tool. Yeah. <laughs> My wife had retired. It was a warm night and I sat and watched until 1am. Not a living thing passed by on the country road and all was still as the grave. I don't know how he stays up so late though. He does have a pretty strong constitution. I guess he doesn't get up at 5.45 like I do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, From the front door to the gate was a stone flag path about 15 yards in length. At 1am, my wife was awake and advised me to give up the vigil and turn in. I had just got into bed when the front gate latch was lifted. The gate opened and shut with a loud clang, and we heard the steady tread of heavy footsteps on the stone flags coming to the front door. We looked at each other little for a Little pig, little pig, let me come in. Sorry. We looked at each other for a moment, and as I sprang out of bed and grabbed my whip, my wife said, it sounds like the policeman. Whatever does he want at this hour? Because that seems like the logical reason. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. 
You'd actually, because they would. 1am? Maybe. Maybe. Well, it depends, like how close neighbours were. So, you know, did a crime happen? That's true. If you're actually thinking logically. Yeah, Yeah, I guess. It could be a police officer. Yeah. Because who else would be out? Whatever does he want at this hour? Yeah, 1am. However, just as the footsteps reached the door, I was at the open window, but no one was there and there was not a sound. Yet it was absolutely impossible for anyone to disappear in this time. I went to bed more determined than ever that no damned ghost would get me beat. (laughs) Several nights my wife woke me saying someone was in the room walking around the bed and although I could distinctly hear what sounded like heavy, slippered feet walking on the polished oak floor. They had oak floors. I always attributed the sound to some commonplace cause in order to allay allay? the fears. Tumbling – oh, this is the new heading. Okay. Tumbling masonry. Then came a Wednesday evening when I was called away to a neighbouring village to sit on a football selection committee because that was important. Very. I advised my wife to go to bed as I would probably be very late. As I turned into the village street on my way home, I passed the policeman on the corner. I reflected on his lonely beat through the long country lanes with farmhouses far apart and only a long stick for defence purposes. I mean, he was going to attack someone with a walking stick. I don't think he has. Yeah. (laughs) It was about midnight. Five minutes later, I was about to turn into the gate of my house when the heavy concrete copping from the top of one of the brick pillars came tumbling or rather crashing down at my feet. Another couple of seconds and I would have been crushed under it. I rushed through the gate and hastily searched everywhere, knowing full well at the time that half a dozen men could not have pushed that copping off. My wife came to the window asking what had happened. It was still night and I had never solved that riddle. The builder that undertook the repair work on it said it would take a tremendous force to move it off like that and he could not account for it. He was worried they were going to sue his ass. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Don't sue me. After this, my wife could not sleep at nights and was getting quite ill. While many nights I spent patrolling the grounds in the hopes of beating the ghostly opponent. (laughs) What, with a stick? (laughs) I don't know what he planned to do about it. Constantly hearing the walking and movements in the bedroom. The bedroom thing is a bit yuck. Like, I don't like that. It's too close, man. Yeah, I don't like that either. Began to also get on my nerves, finally. One night I bolted the heavy bedroom door and hooked the heavy old-fashioned chain across, about the thickness of a trace chain, and said to my wife, There, that will let you get some sleep. It'll take an elephant to open that, and then he would have a tough jar, tough, tough, <laughs> tough job on. Still going. <laughs> <laughs> I had been asleep for some time when a tremendous crash woke me with a start. <laughs> you knew an elephant was coming. In, an elephant was in the room. <laughs> I lit the lamp and there was the bedroom door wide open with the bolt and chain unbroken. My wife lay staring at the ceiling. I feel so sorry for the wife. Yeah, me, yes, yes. I ran out onto the landing. All was quiet. I searched the house, woke the other inmates, but to no purpose. I think it's telling that he called them inmates at this point. <laughs> Yeah, they're only jailed the ghost. Yep. Um, it was a long time before my wife could speak. She was so terrified. But when she could, she she said she lay awake as usual and she felt something move up over the outer covering of the bed. Ew. Which she thought was my arm. Then when it reached her face, there was a cold-like flutter, then a tremendous crash, and the door stood wide open. I have never been able to understand why the bolt chain were not broken. 
while I loathe to give in. (laughs) We're getting that, I think. I knew something would have to be done as I now had to have the doctor to my wife. He advised me to leave the place or my wife would be dangerously ill owing to the state of her nerves. I said I would not leave until I had solved the mysteries of this old house, adding that I had challenged the damned ghost to do his damnedest, which I think the ghost which was living up to. he's doing very well. <laughs> and he would not scare me. Shame about his wife. <laughs> and then it turns out to be a chick ghost and he's like forever mortified and his manliness is, <laughs> is gone forever. <laughs> I just I don't know why I love this story. It's just so – I think it's because he's so entertaining. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my wife, however, gradually got worse and the girl and a girlfriend of hers came to stay for a few days. She was settled in a room on the ground floor because it contained a fireplace and she preferred it to one upstairs. A cheerful fire was burning in her grate and she lay reading as I passed her room door on my way to bed. I was just dozing off sometime afterwards where there came a crashing on the bedroom door and my name was called several times in a voice which I recognised as our guest. I sprang out of bed and had tin had the door open tin door, that's not a good translate either. Had the door open in a few seconds when in tumbled our guest, too scared to speak. I got a light and bundled her into bed with the wife who was also scared stiff. Then her friend found her voice after my repeated attempts to ascertain what was the matter. She said she lay reading for a while when suddenly three raps sounded on the window. She inquired who was there and getting no response looked out. Seeing nobody, she continued her reading. When three more raps sounded, she promptly put out the light and waited. When for the third time came three raps, this proved too much for her and she fled upstairs to our bedroom. Knowing that searching was hopeless, I quietly told herself I told her to make herself comfortable with the wife <laughs> and I would take a walk around the house, which I did, and slept in another room. My wife's health health was in such a state that uh, after this that I had to leave this place shortly afterwards. I have never been able to account for any of the happenings. And then because of the way the newspaper is, it had faded and you couldn't quite read all the words. Um, but he's, he talks about, I don't know whether he managed to sell the house or not, but he did say that both the servants, maid servants, left. So the old ladies left after all that. Yeah. They've been perfectly fine there until Dickface turned up and bought it. Renovated. Renovated. One. He renovated. Challenged the ghost. Yeah. And refused to be scared off, which just amped things up, which I just freaking love. This guy is like a total legend. I feel sorry for his wife. Yeah. He's a tool though. (laughs) (laughs) He's funny. But he's a bit of a tool. Yeah. And he lived in Tasmania, so, because he was living here when he reported this. It's pretty cool. So who knows when it happened. What was the heading that gave stuff away? Okay. So one was, first one was Rumours of Spooks. The next one was they just disappeared, right. so I couldn't yeah. say that one. Uh, raps on the window, footsteps in the kitchen, the door stood wide open. Oh, yeah, still a mystery. Oh. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That was a good story. Yeah. You liked it? I did. Yeah. I like the old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> the chicken stealers. I mean, they lived there for, for a, long, a time. long time until these guys in and then it was like all over <laughs> but then again they were living in that weedy basically indoor outdoor house which freaks me out 
That I don't like. Yeah, that was yeah. yucky. Yeah. I mean, the chicken thing's weird. That was pretty weird. I don't know what I do. Like a lot of other things, even like tapping on window and stuff, you can explain away. Most people do. Yeah, it's a branch, or even though there might not be a tree outside. But, you know, like there's something. <laughs> well, I've heard a few taps here on the door. Yeah. And I always, and I've just said, well, it must be stones from the road coming yeah. across because yeah, nothing yeah. else happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a little disconcerting when they were talking about rapping. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Please. <laughs> and it's always in threes because on my bedroom window it was a three. Yeah. 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 Mm. So anyway, I thought that was a cool story and I wanted to share it. I do like that story. It's very cool. Do you want me to tell one of my stories? Yeah, please. So this is a story that I have gotten permission to share from my mum. Yay. Hi, Lone. <laughs> So this happened in her family home when she was she was four years old, so it's a fairly long time ago now. They lived in an old farmhouse in the Huon Valley um, near that beach you really like. It's that one. Yeah. Yeah. They obviously have since moved and they do know the family that lives there. I think they still live there. That man's now elderly. I don't know if he still is able to farm there, but I'm pretty sure they still live there. So the first thing to know is that the house was really odd for a farmhouse, which I didn't know this when I was talking to my mum about this story. She emphasised these things. The kitchen was really large and it had an open fireplace and it, and that was really big. Like when the fire wasn't going, mum could climb into it and stand in it. So it was a really big re- open fireplace. I think the house was old, so... This was like would have been the 50s. So old for Tasmania. So it was older, I think, for Tasmania, but it was still strange. Like this, yeah. it didn't run. It wasn't a style. Um, so it had a really huge kitchen. It didn't have any hallways. There was no oh. hallways in the house. So each of the rooms ran into each other. So you go in the back and go into this massive kitchen. Yeah. And then you just go. There was a very, very short hallway. And by very, very short, mum said it might have been a metre long. Oh, wow, that is short. So it was just like a, almost like a connecting room. Yeah. And then you'd walk straight into the bedrooms and you'd walk through all the bedrooms and then into the, like the end room. So lots of privacy then. Yeah, there were 11 of them there, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think all at once because it's spread out family in time, spread out in time. But, yeah, so, and, yeah, I don't think there were many bedrooms. But, yeah, there was no hallway, so they all just sort of led into one another. And the lounge room, main living room that was, I guess, at the front of the house, you'd call it the front, but they went in at the back and the back faced the road. Yeah. Anyway. It was in a way a bit small for being that main living area and it had these big bay windows so the window and they had window seats so they sort of stuck out and there were two of them but the room was kind of small so it sort of didn't fit but that room mum really liked that room and it looked out over the bay so they lived really close to the beach like you could see the water quite a big expanse of water from their living room I suppose you'd call it. Okay, so those things are important. Okay. So the story. So, yeah, it was big family and my mum's the youngest and 
obviously they shared bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So the bedrooms were all pretty small and they just, there were two beds in, but there was not much space. Mm -hmm. And I think there may have been double beds and there may have been like two, two to a bed. So, you know, Ah. well, there were, there were five sisters. So, you know. I mean, I think my mum did that too. Yeah. It was just, there was no space. Like it's just, that's what had to happen. Yeah. Um, so mum was the youngest. She was four at the time. So there were other people in this room. I don't know if anyone else saw this. And she was asleep and she just woke up and saw a man standing at the bottom of the bed. Uh, he was very tall, but she was four. So Anyone's know. tall, yeah. Anyone's tall. But she said she remembered him being really tall. He had the oil skins on. Oh, okay. So like um, the sailor's coats. Yeah. Um, and the sou'wester, that style of hat. Yeah. I was trying to figure out which serial killer from a movie had that kind of hat on. But it's it's it has the really wide, like it has a wide brim and it comes down over your face and then it has a really wide brim at the back. Yeah. But it goes down. Yeah. So the rain doesn't go down your collar. Yeah. So it's like a rain hat. I can't think how else to describe it. She couldn't see his face either. Like it was sort of covered up and obviously it was dark. But she knew he was an older man and he was standing between the beds but there wasn't enough space for anyone to physically stand between the beds. Mm -hmm. And he was leaning over a little and looking at her. (sighs) But I did ask, I was like, were you afraid? And she said, no, I wasn't afraid. I thought it was a bit odd but I wasn't actually afraid of him. So he didn't give off an air of hostility. He was just quite curious about her. Yeah. And... I said, well, you know, what did you do? And she says, oh, I can't really remember. I may have gotten up and gone to see my mum, you know, gone to her mum because she was four. Yeah. But she doesn't really remember. Yeah. She may have just turned over and gone back to sleep because she wasn't particularly afraid. Yeah. And that was it. Like she saw him and that was all. Such a distinctive look too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more to the story though. Yeah. So after that... Not so much when she was a child that she can't remember, but as she got older and became an adult, whenever she had a problem in life, she would dream of this man. She'd dream of, of this fisherman man, like this wise, old, helpful man, but he was a fisherman or yeah. like something. he worked on a boat or something. And she knew, well, she she wasn't sure where she'd seen this man before, so she didn't connect it to this seeing this man when she was young. Sure, Okay. But she'd see him in her dreams often and he would always give her good advice and, and be helpful and kind of fatherly, I suppose. But she didn't quite put it together with being this man. However, the man who lives at the property now, Mr Clark, not many, too many years ago, I think she said five years ago, she found out from the new, the new owner or the current owner that he'd done some research and he'd found out who the man was. <gasps> so the man was named Captain Roberts. Uh-huh. He was, I think he may have been a captain on a merchant ship. I, Mum wasn't sure of the year. Yeah. But when he retired, he built that house. Oh, no way. And there's like records of him actually, this is the house he built. Yeah. And he like retired there and lived there. And, yeah, he built it to look like a ship. So that's why it had no hallways. Oh, that's so it was just like yeah. supposedly like one of his big ships that he'd sail on. Oh. Yeah, and it's there's a written record of him owning that house, Captain Roberts. Robertson. Wow. Yeah, so it's not just 
hearsay. Yeah. He, he researched and found yeah. it out totally divorced from knowing my mum saw this guy when she was young that's so and then cool. dreamed about him. But there's like that's who it was. It was Captain Robertson in his house. See, how can people not believe in ghosts when yeah. you hear stories like that? Yeah, I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought I tried and I tried to find, I didn't have much time, but I did try to find out find the records to show but because I'm not sure of the exact address I couldn't like look that up mm. but I will I'll try and find it out but yeah supposedly because the man Clark now lives there uh, not that long ago he he researched it and found out and yeah Captain Captain Robertson lived in that house and I built really, that house. I really want to know if the people in there have seen anything. <laughs> Don't know. It's kind of a hard conversation to start up. So have you ever seen any ghosts? <laughs> Particularly a captain-y type of ghost. In this house, in this per house. se. <laughs> and the other thing is I don't think everyone would. Like no. some people just wouldn't see anything. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. And I think um, because my mum's the youngest and she's the youngest by a bit, so like the next daughter would have been 10 yeah. at that time. Yeah. So she probably was the only one who could still see that kind of thing, yeah. like still open to that kind of thing. Young so that's enough. why she's the only one who saw him. Wow, that's so yeah. cool. But he was just there in his house. What, hey. are you, what are you doing in my house? Who's what's this, this child? Who, like, what's going what's on? Go- and obviously if he's the person who was giving advice in the dreams, it just yeah. sounds like it was. Yeah. He was pretty, pretty good, like good going, like, you know, yeah. like and, a and she personable said, person. Like he always gave her good advice. Yeah. Like it was never, you know, weird or sketchy or anything. Like he always helped her. Yeah. Yeah, she had no idea who it was for ages. Wow, that must have been such a cool thing to find out. Yeah, like she'd really tried, like she'd put symbolism on it and tried to figure out like, you know, he's a fisherman so could he be this or could he be that? Like what's the symbolism there? And then, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just this guy. So it's actually just like a sea captain. The (laughs) There's no symbolism there. No, no, it is actually, that's that's totally irrelevant to the advice you're giving me. He's actually just a sea captain. (laughs) He kind of liked me when I was a kid and. Comes to my dreams every now and again. Yeah. But, yeah, he he, he would turn up often enough for her to, like, remember. Oh. You know, like, seeing him when she was young, when she sort of figured it all out, but and to know him in her dream, like, oh, this is you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I always think that kind of recurring thing in your dreams is really interesting. Yeah. 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 This is, like, completely just talking about dreams. I um, I sometimes dream that I can't open my eyes or I can only open them, like, the, the smallest little gap and I can just get enough of a, a view to, like, keep moving around the room or around places and stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really off-putting and I was looking into it and they're all like, oh, you're just not – you're just not seeing – like things in your life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it doesn't feel that way. Like it actually feels like I just can't open my eyes. So I think I'm like trying to wake up huh. or maybe I'm trying to get out of my body. Like Maybe. I've yeah. heard stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I've also heard that um, it can be past life stuff and you're not ready to see it so it Ooh. stops you. <laughs> Cool. I have no. A lot of those dreams tend to be just I'm walking around having conversations with people. No, it so, might not be know. that. Who knows? It could be. I'll have to. If I haven't had that dream in a while, but um, anyway, if I do, yeah. I'll have to pay attention. Um, Your turn. My turn again? Yes. Um, okay. Well, I only have like one really short one and then my really, really long one. Okay. So that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, do we want to intersperse them with uh, listener? Yeah. Stories? Yeah. Okay. So one of the really cool things is that 
one of the people uh, lives in Tasmania and they actually came to my house and recorded. So let's insert that recording here, shall we? Yes. So uh, I wasn't present for this, so I'm so excited to hear it. (laughs) Uh, So this is Steve telling us his creepy story. Okay, so there's so stop me anytime you want to or whatever, or you want to ask anything, or want me like um because the first ones kind of might have a few trigger warnings. Okay. Any themes in particular, so we can suicide. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, um, my name for the purposes of this podcast is Steve. Hi, Steve. <laughs> Hi, Liz. I wanted to talk about. Two events, both of them happened when I was a teenager in my late to early teens and early 20s. The first one um, has some themes around suicide, so I just wanted to warn people, the person involved is alive and well still today though, so we don't need to worry about that. (laughs) which is nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I stalked them on Facebook the other day and saw they're still around, so that was good. Oh, (laughs) fantastic. Yeah. So that first event, when I was in year 11, I was a couple of weeks away from my final exam and I was drinking with some friends at a, 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 like an old kind of place, a abandoned place, and my friend um, decided to try to kill himself. So he'd, he'd hung himself and we um, cut him down and resuscitated him we didn't call the ambulance straight away because um, I was with a girl whose dad had threatened to shoot me. <laughs> so uh-huh. we were a bit worried. We were a bit underage. We were drunk, all that stuff. Didn't think straight probably. Yeah. And after a little while, um, he started to go blue and started to um, do stuff and we panicked and then called the ambulance and they took him to the hospital and that night I had a dream. And I woke up um, while I was in my dream. Um, my friend came to me and he said he's really sorry, um, but he had to go. And I was very distressed and I was trying to catch him. And um, he kept on walking and I couldn't catch him. And he just walked and I couldn't catch him. And then I woke up and it was a particular time. And I can't remember what time it was, but like, let's just say it was five past two, but it was an exact time. Yeah. And the next day when I went in to see him in the hospital, he was in a pretty bad shape and they said that um, he died in the night and they had to resuscitate him and it was at five past two. And, <gasps> oh, um, <laughs> thank shivers. And I was like, okay, you know, maybe it wasn't a dream. <laughs> and, yeah, it's a kind of um, things with ghosts and stuff. And anyone who does anything with the occult for any period of time, I think, realises that a lot of the stuff, a a lot of those things happen in different states of consciousness Mm. as well. And I think um, dream states are particularly, you know, and have been since ancient times, ways of accessing accessing the astral or whatever. But... um, yeah, that's that's the first story. Oh, that's uh, that's <laughs> hugely intense. Is that what started your interest in the occult, or did that happen before then? I was raised a Catholic. Um, I didn't really believe all that much in it. Mm-hmm. I think that what 
started my interest in the occult was um, it was around about that time. Yeah. I can't remember if it was before or sure. after. Yeah. Um, I think it was before. Um, we used to do a lot of seances. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And I'm actually pretty sure that was we started that before then, and this was with the same group of um, friends. Yeah. Because um, I remember thinking, imagine if we got this particular person in a seance. If he dies, that would be awful. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that's probably what started it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it probably is. I never really thought about what started it. But, um, yeah, okay, so I'll go into the second story. Yeah, I'm assuming it involves seances. It involves seances. <laughs> um, the two girls I used to hang around that I was talking about before, uh, they lived in a really old, beautiful old house, um, 120 years old or 130 years old. It was your typical creepy kind of old house. Um, I'd be upstairs uh, with my girlfriend and we'd hear kids bouncing balls and walking up and down and giggling downstairs. And I'm guessing there were no kids in that house. No, 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 no kids in no. that house. No one else <laughs> no at home. No kids in that house. <laughs> no one else at home or I wouldn't have been upstairs with my girlfriend. Uh, point, <laughs> point, yes. Definitely not. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a spooky house and um, we used to do a lot of seances there. I'm not sure. I think it was the girl's idea. I think they must have picked it up from somewhere. Um, seems right. <laughs> seems right, yeah. And we used to just have bits of paper and we'd have the letters written down and yes oh. and no and cut them all out and need little plastic bags. I hear that, like, the homemade ones are way more powerful than the, than the you know, shop board, Ouija boards. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Never, I've never used a shop board one. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, we used to, um, yeah, we, we did it intensely for quite a, you know, quite a few months all the time, you know. Till I, till I, I ended up moving away, and that was when it all stopped. And we had this particular event, and I didn't do another one after that. I haven't done another one since then. Wow. Um, well, before we get to the main event, mm. do you have any like minor things that happened before the main one that made you not want to do it anymore? <laughs> it's it's funny because um, the the major one that stopped me doing it, not a lot happened. Like as in, but we before that we'd had minor ones, and I sometimes think there's one that really sticks in my head. And yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm scientifically trained. I work in a um, uh, historically rigorous discipline, and I often catch myself thinking, you know, how do I how, how do I rationalise all of this stuff that I believe and that I felt with this other part of my life, and. So yeah, just thinking about that, think about this particular this particular story that stuck in my head. We were doing a seance and I was often the person who would talk and ask questions. Um, some of my other friends reckons it was one of the girls who was having me on all the time, but I don't, the last one definitely not this one, I don't know. But um, we're talking to someone and it was a, a, a man and a woman and they didn't realise they were dead. Oh. They were waiting oh. for something to happen. And I don't know, you know, I don't know how these things work. I don't know if those thoughts were just in my head because I don't speak Polish. I don't speak German. Yeah. But we managed to work out that they were waiting for the Bosch to invade. And I'm guessing that when they came through, they were killed. Um. But they were still in that kind of... Yeah. Space. Yeah. In those days when I used to do seances, um, you know, this is the early 90s, there wasn't the internet. 
<laughs> there wasn't uh, late eighties, early nineties. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't a lot of books that I could have had access to. So didn't know anything about doing banishings or trying to invoke archangels or anything to help with good presences in yeah. a seance. We used to just go, "Is there a spirit in the room? Is there a spirit in the room? Please go to yes." And whatever was there would come in, Gosh. which um, wasn't good. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not the most protected way to go about doing these things, no. And, you know, we, we wouldn't have had any idea. I don't even know where we got the idea to do a seance from. I'm sure it must have been one of the girls. We might have seen it in a movie. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, That's what my, I would have been like It's yeah, a teen. Yeah. Or my older sister. Don't know. Yeah. Can't remember. I'm old now. It's a long time ago. <laughs> so the next story that I'll talk about will be is the last seance I ever did. And as I said... It wasn't as exciting as or talking or anything like that. We just started doing it and I felt really bad and I felt something was really wrong and we're just moving the glass and couldn't get any sense out of what the words were. It was just a language I couldn't understand. Yeah. I just felt worse and worse and then the glass fell over and one of the candles went out and we were like, yeah, no, this is it. No, that's it. Oh, my God. And it was a really windy night and I walked home like I usually did and coming up to my place, I lived, you know, half a kilometre from the girl's place, I could feel something following me and I was a bit freaked out but, you know, it was windy, it was warm, really unseasonably warm, Tassie wasn't warm in those days like it is now. And I remember seeing something in the bushes. There was a bush moving in the bush and um, just really freaked out. Walked home, got home, went to bed. I woke up later that night, but I didn't wake up. Um, The scientific part of me wants to start talking about lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and all that stuff. Yeah. But the occultist part of me... Um, and I still remember it so vividly. It would be 35 years or something ago. Oh my God. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's not I was as long as I've been alive. <laughs> oh, I was 16. Yeah, it would be 32 years ago. Yeah. And I still vividly remember it. I was awake, but I couldn't open my eyes. I could see my room, like my eyes were open, but everything was red with a black shadow over the top yeah and there was something sitting on my bed with red eyes and it was just sitting there and watching me and I couldn't wake up and I tried to scream but I couldn't get any words out and it just sat there for a while and then I woke up the next day now after that I never did another seance after that not all that long after I went away to the military, I moved around a lot and that thing followed me for decades. I I had that experience for decades. It still comes back sometimes. Oh God, I hate that so much. (laughs) My beloved wife, Mabel, who I've been with for 22 years, one of her first experiences, um, of this was she 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 was 18 I would have been 22 or something and it came when you know one of the first times we were together and it came when I was asleep and I woke up 
as I used to, completely terrified, screaming about it being in the room with the red eyes and above the bed and she'd wake up going, what the hell was going on? Because, you know, we'd only been together a few months or something. Then I'd roll over and fall asleep (laughs) and she'd be completely up. Um, (laughs) I can't imagine why. (laughs) We're we're kind of different. Uh, It's kind of a gender reversal really in that for me this kind of stuff is quite real and quite like I understand that as part of my reality whereas for her it's completely, you know, she's the gamer girl and all that kind of stuff. She's not into this stuff at all. She just thinks it's all imaginary. So, um, you know, she was the one who looked into lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and all that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it still comes back sometimes, not as much now. I did a lot of years of particularly deep types of meditation and I do a lot of these days I've, I've gone back to paganism and ritual magic, which I used to do in my 20s as well, and I think that has helped a lot with it. But I, I don't have any doubt that it's there's something there that got attracted to me and hooked into me when yeah. we had that seance and then – followed Ugh. but yeah i don't like that no that is, no. is hard it's pretty horrendous and i can still see it i mean like and i can talk about i can talk through all the scientific things about yeah. so lucid dreaming mostly sleep paralysis the reason i see a shape coming and over me is the rhodopsin that's released in your eyes when you wake up yeah. but at the same time um science often can't explain yeah. These things, it will give an it will give an explanation. Yeah. But it isn't necessarily an explanation. I really like Donald Craig's definition of magic. Donald Michael Craig, whatever his name is, a guy who wrote High Magic. In that it includes a caveat, you know, change in confirmation with will that is not explainable by modern science. And I think that's quite true yeah, in a lot too. of ways. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, me too. Well, that's horribly gross, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I hope never to experience that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's something that you hear a lot of. Like, I don't know if you listen to a lot of paranormal podcasts, but um, I I do, and a lot of the seance ones do talk about things coming through and getting attached, and it usually with something really nasty like that like you've hit all the main markers which is one is the board not making any sense with the letters the second one being the candle going out which then breaks the the circle which can allow it in and then the glass tipping over i've heard that before but i don't know the reasons behind it so it's kind of like you it's something that you hear so often and that just yeah Freaks me out, quite frankly. <laughs> Do you know, that's the first time I realised that you even use a circle when you're doing a seance. <laughs> like I said, we knew nothing. I didn't thought about that. I just thought we held hands to raise power. Yeah. But, of course, it's a protective circle, even if you don't have any idea what you're doing. Yeah. And did you have, like, the four candles or just just one? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I doubt, I doubt we were smart enough to have four candles. or we just had one for life. Yeah. I imagine. I can't remember. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's... The board was written on bits of school paper <laughs> in a plastic bag we'd carry around with us. <laughs> um, the the engine, I can't say the word. The word I can't go there. <laughs> I've got no English in me. 
Huh. So they're your, your stories. They're my stories. Wow. Thank you for sharing them with us. You're welcome. <laughs> One of the things as well that was, was interesting is that it started happening again recently. I don't know if it's the same entity. I don't think it is. When you say recent, how recent? Um, and that's what's interesting. I've started, I've gone back into um, practicing particular types of occultism. Yeah. Um, you know, under the... You know, everyone always, you know, you always think, oh, so what am I? Am I a Wiccan? Am I a pagan? Am I whatever? I basically, I follow a lot of different threads in the Western mystery tradition. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff I've been working on the last five months daily is the Lesser Banishing Ritual of the Pentagram and something else called the Middle Pillar. It's based on Corbalism stuff. Yeah. And one of the things that all of the books I read um, warn you about is that once you start doing that, Strongly, yeah. Um, you light up like a flare on the astral plane. Um, wouldn't be surprised. That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's not necessarily a bad thing as yeah. long as you're doing the banishing and as long as you're working from Keta down. Yeah. Not necessarily from Alcut up. Yeah. And it, it will attract things and be ready for that. Yeah. And even my wife said, "Are you okay? You've been waking up a lot at night." and talking to things that aren't there and freaking out with things in the doorway. And I said, yeah, it's fine. It's settled down again now. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense to me. I'm glad that these days I know enough and have enough knowledge and enough experience to know what to do with these situations and to be not as terrified, for want of a better word. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I just, you know, tell my wife it's all right, just – just, you know, different parts of my brain activating when I do different meditations. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Glad it's not me. All right. So do you want to hit up with one of your stories now? Um, I can tell a really short one. The long one I might leave because we might want to put that at the end because it's kind of scary. Oh, great. When I drive home. All right. Oh, I can do it now. All right. Well, maybe I'll do my little tiny one now and then you okay. can tell your short one. How does that sound? Deal. All right, so we had uh, June write in to us and tell us a, a very short story, uh, but mm. still cool nonetheless. So yeah. thank you, June. Okay, I'm walking my dog, who is not alive anymore, and in brackets sad, oh. and I see a man riding a bike. It's a pitch black shadow, and it goes halfway through a tree in the middle of the road and disappears. That's it, LMAO. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little disconcerting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that. I'm like, yeah, oh, terrifying. And then another story. It's 3 a.m. and I just woke up for no reason and I'm fully awake and I hear a soft voice saying, I'm sorry. And my dumbass <laughs> literally goes, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> like, I wasn't talking to a ghost. Anyway, I talked to her another time. It's my nonna and she agreed not to appear anymore and and now she doesn't. That's it. Thanks. Bye. So thanks, Jean, for sharing your little stories with that us. That could have been really scary. I mean, I just love, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh, so, yeah, but she must have been unsettling for yeah, her that not could to have come gone, back. That could have gone really badly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't like the shadow that's that disappearing is, into a tree. I don't like anything like that. Do you think that means that the tree wasn't there 
when the person originally rode their bike. Oh, like, yeah. Is it yeah. like an impression? I would say so. Yeah. If you're going to call it something, I'd say it's just like a that repetitive yeah. energy. So it'll just go from and ride past five minutes later, just go past yeah. again through the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Unsettling. Weird and unsettling, but probably better than walking through a wall into well, a coal room and back into the kitchen and then <laughs> well the other thing with that is like what can you do like they're yeah. not going to recognize you so because no. they're just an imprint of some like residue energy left over yeah. in my opinion yeah no I, I agree so it's just like okay you're just gonna keep doing your thing over and over and over and over yeah. i'm already bored with it i'll just leave you to <laughs> you keep going with that yep. yeah the ones that interact with you are much scarier Fuck the ones that interact with yeah, I don't me. like that. How about I read the next one and then you do your short one, hey? Because I've also got one from Jennifer and then we'll end on yours. How does that sound? Done. All right. So friends of the show, Bob, who has been our biggest supporter from <laughs> the start. So hi, Bob. Thank you, Bob. We appreciate <laughs> it. So Bob also uh, wrote a story for our last yeah. um, bonus episode. I tempered that when I was 19 years old, I had something – to me, seemed un- inexplicable. I was walking home late at night from a friend's house and usually took a shortcut through a park that was on the journey. Um, it was about 10.30 p.m. I know that because I was in the habit of wearing a watch at the time. People who can't wear watches are brave, brave souls, and I am not one of them. <laughs> you still have a watch? I always have to wear Oh, a watch. you have your Apple Watch. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. even when I went overseas and didn't bother taking this because I was worried I'd break it I had to wear a watch I cannot I cannot not know what time it is because of various reasons especially when I'm asleep I have to know what time it is huh I just use my phone I'm a Capricorn I have a weird (laughs) relationship with time (laughs) I also cannot tell when time has passed okay I have no internal clock well I think I think you might resonate with this story yeah, this, this, yeah, yeah, go. Okay. I saw on the ground just a short pace or two ahead of me a $50 note, actually three, inside Ooh, what yeah. seemed to be, I know, 150 bucks. Jeez, yeah. even now that's still a fair chunk of money. But I kind of love this because it's like such a temptation. Um, Everyone will fall for it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, especially now. Have you seen the price of fuel? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's cost that for a tank. Yeah. <laughs> Inside what seemed to be a ring of mushrooms, mm. I, being very broke at the time, did oh, not think of everybody. The- <laughs> Sorry, Bob, continue. <laughs> I, being very broke at the time, didn't think of the possibility of it being a fairy ring, just the cash. Same, Bob, same. Yep. Uh, there was no one around, almost like the place was deserted. I reached down and retrieved the bills and put them in my pocket. Only later did it occur to me that it could have been a fairy ring and the cash being a lure to entice folks in. Yep, Bob, I yeah. think think you might be onto <laughs> something there. I don't recall hearing any sound or music beforehand or after either. My home at the time was half an hour's walk from the park at a gentle pace, but by the time I got in, it was over two hours later and around 1am. So it seemed like I had been standing in the one spot in the park for at least an hour. I don't like that. I don't like that either. <laughs> the thing that got me about it was the missing time. I couldn't account for the intervening time period and I still did have the cash in my pocket. 
Royal bonus. I guess whatever happened to you for that hour and a bit. They um, paid you for it. <laughs> it was worth 150 bucks. Sounds a bit... Um, but isn't that such a like a um, a temptation? Like, I'm wouldn't totally that work? One hundred fifty bucks sitting in the ground. Who oh, yeah, cares? It is still work. It might have to be two hundred now, but it yeah, is still probably work. Seems odd, but okay. <laughs> well, the other thing I've heard is that um, some people think that that could have been aliens. Oh, so the fairies are like a. a, a a front that's put on, it's actually always been alien. I think it's the other way around and that the fairies are now doing the alien thing and that crop circles too? Maybe. Maybe. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Could go yep. either way. I'm just theorizing. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I don't like the time thing though. That's always No, scary. and that's the thing that makes like I know fairies have missing time as well, but they do. That's the aliens do as well. Yes. So And yeah, that's the thing for me. Most of my adult life, like I haven't been able, I can't, people say, oh, I think about half an hour went by. I was like, how, how did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> like it could have been 10 minutes or two hours. Like I often can't tell at all. And that's why you need your watch. I, ha- I Yeah. 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 I mean, either way, it's abduction. So. Um, yeah. That yeah. is true. <laughs> that's really true. It's, um, it's yucky. Bob is brave. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for sharing, Bob. Oh my God. Uh, so he just, I just add this because I love the love and I think you need to hear it too. Okay. So I'm still enjoying your podcast. So thank you for continuing to produce episodes. I've also mentioned your podcast to a group f- for a podcast being the Golden Ghouls podcast, Ooh. which I haven't heard of. So no. I have to check that out. Yeah. I hope this story is at least interesting. Yes. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, stay safe and take care, Bob. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bob. That story is a great story. I like it. Yeah. I mean, it's for I, all, I also don't like it. <laughs> I like the bit where you've got $150. <laughs> I less like the bit where you were probably abducted. <laughs> In whichever way. Yeah. <laughs> Be it aliens or fairies. Yeah. Yeah. So. My really short story. Mine's really short. Yep. Um, this happened to my grandfather uh-huh. and I actually think on one of our other spooky episodes, I either read on the podcast or talked about, or you talked about it, or I just read it in passing as I was researching Tasmanian ghost stories about like a haunted bit of road and house nearby in the northeast of Tasmania, like Avoca, St Mary's kind of oh, way. The disappearing house or? It could have been. Oh, the one about the where the cows won't go. Yeah, that I think. I think With it, the fight. That was you. Yeah. That was me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know this story when I read that story. <laughs> um, supposedly up near that area. I'm just thinking it's in the same area, but it might not have been. Yeah. Because... My grandfather worked on the roads in amongst a couple of other <laughs> jobs he had. And so he was up in that area around there, like building the roads, putting the bitumen down in, I don't actually know when, maybe the 40s? Mum didn't tell me. Specific details she left out. Anyway, and they were just given tents. So they just, they camped there while they built the roads. Yeah, I know. So he'd be gone for weeks and weeks sometimes building the roads and they just had these canvas tents to sleep in so him and the road gang because i think he was in charge road gang literally yeah it's a chain gang yeah they were called road gangs (laughs) so him and his gang his group of men they were just setting up 
camp. I was going to say tent. I was like, no, they, they each had a tent, Hannah. So they were setting up their camp to sleep mm. and it was just starting to, the weather was starting to get a bit bad. So one of the men saw a, like a rundown house not far from the road and supposedly my grandfather wasn't particularly, he neither he nor my grandmother were, I was going to say superstitious, they were a bit superstitious, but they didn't believe or particularly worry about ghosts or ghouls or anything like that. My grandmother had a saying that because my mum would tell her about, no, I think I saw a ghost, and grandma would say, no, 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 you don't have to worry about the ghosts. They're just people. The living people are the ones you have to worry about. The ghosts can't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. It's the living people you need to worry about. So that was, but that was where they came from. Like yeah. it was, they're very practical people. Yeah. Um, they may have had the beliefs coming down from like the old people, but they weren't particularly worried. It was the real people and the rain <laughs> that you had to worry about. So they were going to go and sleep in this house. Like yep. it was just abandoned. And so these were these were the ro- like the road gang men. Yeah, like tough men, tough guys. Yeah, and led by my grandfather who. Wasn't the biggest man in the world, but was not at all worried about yeah. anything like that. He got up to the house, he walked through the front door, and he just walked back out again. It was like no. He's like, nah, I'm not I'm not staying there. <laughs> so it had such a bad feeling that and I don't think any of the men would actually sleep in there. Wow. Yeah. Maybe it is the cow place that you were talking yeah. about. And it made me think of that straight away because it yeah. was Mum said it was in in that area. Yeah. Because we were talking about um, going for a drive at Easter. Yeah. And I talked about going up there and I was like, I don't like it there. Like I, it feels I've only driven a, along that road a couple of times and it feels really, really gross. I don't like it. Yeah, and she told me this story. And that was it. So no one slept in the scary house. That's 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 the possum banging around. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Yeah, don't want to think about rap, rap, rap. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But. So yeah, I really want to know exactly where it is so I can like tear it up and see if it is. She said it was in that area, so yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool to go. Hmm. I still want to go up there. There they go. That's the possums. They scream like little devils, and it did frighten the shit out of me for a second. That sounds like a young possum. I reckon. It's, are you sure it's not the little one screaming? Don't know, can't tell. You're not a possum screamer connoisseur. Nah, I have I have two. I have a mama and a baby. I don't know the difference. They're not happy, whoever it is. Maybe it is the baby. Yeah. What wanting some milk and the mama's going. Fuck off. And I'm much bigger than you still. She's a big mama. She's a really big mama. I still think she's bigger than they should be, but um she's not wanting for food, that's for sure. She's a big girl. <laughs> She's an urban urban possum. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, so your last story hit me. Hit me. Do you have one more story? I think I accidentally did too many because oh no, I do have one more story. I have Jen's story. Yeah. Holy shit, I'm a dickhead. Because <laughs> you said to me, then I've got Jen's story. <laughs> okay, Jennifer. Who Thank you, Jennifer. Lives in Tasmania, actually really close to me. So <laughs> and I have been to her house. And the house does have an energy to it. Not a bad energy, just an energy. So um, anyway, so here we go. Jennifer, we moved to the farm in 2018, moving from eight acres to 84 acres. A farm that has been operational since 1940s with loganberries, raspberries and blackcurrants and at one point the biggest berry orchard in Southern Hemisphere. 
I want to live there. Can I come and eat her berries? It's really fucking cool. And it's really cool at this time of year. I haven't been in a house in ages, but it's really cool at this time of year because all she's got blueberries and they Ooh. all the leaves are like this deep red. It's just stunning. Can we go crash her house and just <laughs> be in the nature of the orchards? <laughs> we definitely could. <laughs> Why are there people out there? It's like 10 p.m. I'm oh, sorry, we just hit the fire berries at an inappropriate time. She'll invite us up for pizza and drinks, don't you oh, worry. <laughs> this farm has had many people coming and going and no mm-hmm. doubt stories could be told, but this is my personal experience. Home alone after we moved, I remember sitting in the kitchen table about eight feet from a box of picture frames sitting on top of a box and then two frames landed about one metre away from the box. They didn't just slip off. They just didn't slip off for them to land so far away from the box. Yes. Yeah, that's creepy. Then in the bathroom are two big towel rings, one where you hang your towel on. I have them facing down, but after the shower, one was facing up, so one of those flippy ones. That's creepy. There is no way they would move themselves. No towels on them, and this happened a few times. That one's letting you know it's there. Yeah, near the water. (laughs) By the way, can I mention you're naked at the moment? (laughs) I think I might just move this towering bitch. Hey, buddy. (laughs) I like what I see. This is moving up. (laughs) (laughs) And it is very appropriately facing upwards now. (laughs) I'm sorry, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I won't. We won't. You're not Captain X, so I won't take the piss out of your story as much. (laughs) No, but it is really creepy. Um, and why is it always in the shower? I don't know. I think it's actually is the water. Yeah, because it's conductive yeah. for spirits. Yeah, yeah, that makes absolute sense. But, I mean, it could just be like washing your face or – no, not on the toilet either. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. Just sitting on the toilet. You start see, seeing toilet rolls float away and you're like, no, 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 I need that, mate. When we moved here, every time I opened the door, I kept hearing in my head, hello. It was a weird feeling and lasted a few weeks. I've had a vision of a girl sitting at the base of the stairs in a white nightie and her legs curled up to her chest. She still sometimes comes to my mind. Um, the real two scariest experiences are still fresh as Ugh. as when it happened. I came downstairs to go to the toilet and I used my phone for light to see but this night there was light that could only come from behind me but there was no light and a shadow taller than me with a hat on no (laughs) jen you saw the hat man with a hat on walked through the kitchen but the scariest part is four months later my son was sitting at the dinner table looking out our windows across the room and our kelpie was alerted hunter said there's someone there mum at the window i got up and opened the front door and no one was there hunter there's no one there yeah mum he was a dark figure with a hat on he was there mum he was that just gives me the the shivers you know (sighs) yeah getting pins and needles not pins and needles Goosebumps. I was pins and needles. This gave me so much all the circulation <laughs> left. <laughs> um, that would uh, actually be really bad. <laughs> I'm really scared. I need to run. I've got pins and needles. And the legs just fall down. <laughs> <away. laughs> oh, that would be awful. What a horrible reaction uh, to have. I'm only laughing so much because I don't like this story. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was home alone one day, dogs outside and kids in school. I had music. I had no music going. I went to the kids' playroom and nothing. Went back to the TV room and heard it again, but it didn't last long. Our good friend was in our packing shed and heard kids laughing. Kids were 
all in the or our kids were all in the house watching a movie so it wasn't ours i've heard kids laughing and called out to my kids but no one there um one moment was Uh, One of the moments I heard kids laughing was when I was upstairs in my room. The door was closed, all the dogs in my room, then the crack in the door lit up. I stood staring thinking it was my daughter, but then a section of the light went black as if something was blocking the light. It all disappeared. My daughter was asleep, but new people were staying in our house, and it seems if people are staying there, the activity ramps up. I don't want to go to her house. Her house is really cool. Fuck her berries. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jen. and the berries. Yeah, I yeah. just mm, mm. You know when we had that uh really big bushfire down mm-hmm. south, she nearly lost her house. Like <gasps> she lost some of her fruit orchards, some sheds wow. got burnt down, and the fire department were just bombing her house trying to save it. Like the fire came so close. Wow. Yeah, so like that house nearly was Yeah, screw gone. the ghosts. Yeah. Save the house from the fire. <laughs> or are you gonna did. burn again? They saved it. They saved it. Neighbours have seen a light in our paddock and a light in a different paddock and there were rumours that there are children's graves. Ew, no, I don't like that. People um, comment the stairs make them feel easy. Yes, they do. Easy? Uneasy. Oh, sorry. Did I say easy? Easy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's nice. Wait, hang on. They make us feel easy. <laughs> Going up the stairs is really easy. This is good. Sorry, Jen. <laughs> took that a really different way. <laughs> Hey, honey. Um, <laughs> yeah, I won't say what I thought. <laughs> I have seen random lights in the garden and thought there were children in the packing shed running around. When I went to look, there was nothing there. So there's a lot of kid activity going on. There are words on our shed with a, na- with a name, 12 years old, 1956, rest in peace. Ooh. And I have no doubt there is something there. No, we're all freaking out, aren't we? Yeah, I've got the story, yeah. Uh, (laughs) in 2019 oh she talks about the fire in 2019 a fire came through our area and within 15 50 meters of our house that is really in the plantations were old pickers huts that were destroyed Mm. when we moved back after the fires i felt uneasy and woke at 3 a.m every day till i sat on my bed and i felt weird but i spoke up and mentioned that it was okay please rest and please leave me alone to rest but then a year later, logging started and again waking at 3 a.m. Oh. Um, for about a month. And once again, I chatted to the spirits or whoever they are to rest up. You're okay. We're okay. That's interesting. Since then, things have eased. Um, have not had any new people stay here at the house, but our friends who do stay are aware of the spirits and feel a presence. This house is built around an old picker's hut that people lived in for many years prior to the house being built over it. There's a photo with a caption. Um, so this is from the archives, okay. um, which she has. And the caption on the photo is, the farm is to believed to have had a German spy staying and was dated in the 1940s with a woman at the front of the photo, which she's included. Oh, let me look. The really interesting thing about that is that um, my grandfather, who saw the ghosts, was well known for um, taking in any lost and wayward souls, and there were a couple of Germans who come and came and stayed at my mum's. That's interesting. Yeah, and that's the Huon as well. Yeah, yeah. Like mm. mum's brothers, all they'd go and help on the other farms. Yeah, and they did do that, and it was fairly regular that they would go and stay in the pickers' huts. Yeah, but I don't know if that's close enough. Thanks, Jen. 
Yeah, that's uh, scary, not, Jen. Not going to sleep tonight, Jen. But thank you. <laughs> the story was good. Yeah. How do you sleep? I want to know <laughs> well, your secrets. Now that she's made peace with the spirits. <laughs> Fair. I don't know if I want to hear your story, but I do have to hear your story. But I don't want to hear it and then drive home in the dark with aliens. It's not an alien story. Oh, fuck. But I might wish for aliens after I hear this. Maybe. So this is my personal story. And I haven't I haven't shared it on the podcast, I don't think. Don't look out there like that. No, um lights, like red and blue lights. Not alien lights, like Jesus. Emergency <laughs> services lights. Oh yeah. I get at least a couple of emergency services. <laughs> People go past like most days. Yeah, <laughs> and near a bad suburb. Not in one though. Um, okay, so this is my personal story. I will try to not say um too much as I remember it. So as oh, a bit of background first. So as a kid, I was pretty pretty sensitive and pretty in touch with, I suppose you'd say, spirit nature. The other side, um, my mum used to talk about me. I'd get up in the middle of the night and play with my toys in the dark. Oh, I'd talk. Just, creepy child. Yeah, I'd just sit up in bed in the middle of the night and talk to people who weren't there. Or I'd sit up and go, look at the fairies, mum. You know, all that weird stuff. Both my brother and I sleepwalked and sleep-talked very, very regularly. And it was just, you know, how it was. I don't remember having any, like, past life kind of stuff, but my brother did. We were driving home once. This is a separate story. We were driving home. My brother, I think, was two or three, and he was sitting in the back. So I would have been six or seven, and he was really upset, and he was, like, crying, like really crying at my mum, and he said he wanted to go home. And mum said, we are, like, we're going home from Yunnan's to, to our house. We're going home. And he was ropeable. He was like, no, I want to I go home to where we rode the horses in the snow. And mum was like, what, 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 rode <laughs> <What snow>? horses? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you were there. You and Han were my sisters and Auntie Norma was our mum. Oh, no. I want to go home. I want to go home now. And so there was this back and forth and he just got more and more upset and but wouldn't really tell her much more than that because he kept saying, you were there, you know, you knew who our dad was. Why do I have to tell you? <laughs> like he was getting, yeah. And, yeah, we we didn't get any more out of him. But, yes, he wanted to go home to ride the horses in the snow where my auntie was our mum. Oh. Uh, yeah. So your auntie older or younger than your mama? Older. Mum's the youngest. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. But, um, like, he knew enough. To like, he wanted to go back there, but he knew that these people, like now, my aunt was our aunt, not our mother. Yeah, and mum was our mother. Like yeah. he knew that. Yep. But he just wanted to go back to the house and ride the horses. Uh, so would I? Can I just? Say? And I um, was really angry that mum wouldn't take him and didn't <laughs> and didn't know what he was talking about. Um. So that was a pretty cool experience. I was there. I don't remember it very well, but I was never that cool a kid. I was just more creepy. <laughs> I was a creepy child. So, um, and I do remember like I could, 
like I could see things and I could, if I sat and I suppose got into a kind of alpha state, but I knew if I sat and concentrated but let my eyes get all fuzzy, I could see stuff. Yeah. Like little fairies and creatures and, you know, different things like that. I actually physically see them. As I got older, I did think I just imagined it, but now. Stupid society. Yeah. Now I don't think so as much, but, you know, I was still a kid. So this was like a normal thing. Like mum didn't worry too much about it and I didn't really grow out of it because I was a naive child. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like I didn't really feel pressured to grow out of it. I didn't talk to anyone about it, of course. Mm. I knew that until I got to about I was 11, I think, when I sort of started to know that it wasn't as acceptable and to feel a bit stupid about it. And then by the time I was 13, I was like, no, I don't, like, this is weird and, like, I'm weird and I don't want to anymore, pretty oh, much. that bloody age. Yeah. <laughs> um, and right about that time when I was sort of getting really awkwardly teenager-y, um, I'd also had some ill health, which I think sort of put it off for a little bit. Overnight I suddenly became terrified of the dark. I actually remember the first night it happened and I just didn't want to go to sleep. Like I went from being like basically normal <laughs> around not frightened of the dark to not even wanting to get into bed. And I was 13, so it was also in ter- terribly embarrassing to be frightened of the dark because I'm a big 13-year-old now. Yeah, you're practically an adult. I know, year. my God, <laughs> don't you know. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I was 13, I was afraid of the dark and I couldn't sleep properly anymore. It got down to I basically slept with all the lights on in the house except where other people were sleeping. So all the other lights had to be on in the house. I did manage to keep the light in my bedroom off but I had to have the bedroom door wide open and the light was basically I could see the bulb like the light shade from where I slept. So I had bunk beds so I was a bit lower down and I faced the door the door. So it was very bright. Yeah. I could basically see everything. I don't know how I slept, and I slept like that for like a year. So that's that's how mum worked around. It was like, okay, we'll just, if you can sleep with the lights on, okay, but yeah. yeah. And, it went, and it went on and on. Yeah. And they put it down to everything like hormone, weird hormones, growing up, getting yeah. wisdom teeth was suggested. So, yeah. A year. So I was 14 and I was, and I was terrified. Like I'd lie in bed and I could hardly close my eyes. I was terrified of the dark for no reason. I didn't really see anything anymore because it was so bright, but I was just absolutely terrified. I'd seen stuff all my life and now I chose to be frightened. Okay. So 14, this had been going on for a whole year. I was laying in bed and I remember lying there and, and like, shaking every, every night and just being like, I have to go to sleep, I have to go to sleep. But if I close my eyes, something. I didn't even know what. Yeah. what. So I went to bed, normal, terrifying experience for me, and I was just laying there and I was sort of starting to drift off, sort of, you know, it's hard to tell because I just lay there till I was just so exhausted I just went to sleep. And... I had, like, my eyes were closed. I was heading off to sleep. And it was really bright in there, so I could sort of see the light behind my eyes. I don't know how I slept. And then the light all disappeared. So the room was actually dark. And that was very frightening. 
And I thought, if I open my eyes, will I see something really terrifying? Or uh, if I don't open my eyes, will I just be able to go to sleep? <laughs> to sleep? Oh, is that <laughs> Schrodinger's <is. laughs> so terrifying there, I lay there for quite a long time with my eyes closed, just willing the light to come back. And finally I thought, it, it's not happening. <laughs> the light is just staying away. So it's not just I'm not, I'm not asleep now because I'm terrified. Yeah. There's something, there has to be something there. So I opened my eyes and standing in the doorway to my room was, was a man. So it was the outline, a shadow of a man. He was very tall. His head sort of went up above the doorway. We had normal, what, like six-foot ceilings, doorways, yeah, like a normal yeah. kind of. Like a standard. A standard doorway. So yeah. they weren't really huge. Um, but the guy was taller than the doorway because he blocked all the light out because I could see the light. The, the the shade, the whole light. So it was really bright yeah. from where I lay. And I was like on the bunk bed, lower, lower bunk bed, so it was a little bit lower to the ground. And he blocked the light. So the room was dark. So there was someone there. I couldn't, I knew it was a guy. Um, he was tall, so he's a little over six foot. Um, he had a cape. Like he just sort of was head, shoulders, and then. Which is why it blocks so much light. Yeah. And yep. then, you know, he filled in the doorway and he was just a dark shadow and he had a hat on. <sighs> he had, so I could sort of see, it, I couldn't see the very top of his head, but I could see like the brim coming yeah. out a little. Yeah. And then like just head, I think with long hair. Yeah. Or possibly like a cape. It's funny how you know, yeah. even though it's just a shadow. It's just a shadow. Yeah. Like, yeah. But he had something over his head and he was a he and he had a hat on. Yeah. So I saw the hat man. Yeah. I don't think anyone else in my family has ever seen the hat man, but I haven't been too afraid to ask them. So, and I was facing him and the, the room is small, so like three feet <laughs> You know, two paces, two yeah. big paces across yeah. is the room. Like it's tiny. Yeah. And he was there and it was very, very dark in the room because yeah. I was used to like basically having an overhead light on in the room and now there wasn't and I couldn't move. I was so frightened that I just sort of lay there staring at him for a what felt like a really, really long time. And I knew that if I stopped looking at him, he'd come in the room. and uh. Yeah. And I don't know, I didn't know what. I was too afraid to even for formulate the thought to the end. Yeah. And so I lay there for a really long time. I remember my eyes really hurt because I wasn't blinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a weird memory to still have. And I just lay there and lay there. And in the end, somehow I turned over and like curled into the fetal position facing the wall because the bed face was against the wall. And so I turned around and I felt like, yeah, he had come into the room and was just there. Yeah. And I said, I will give anything to live. And I squeezed my eyes shut and I just kept thinking that. I was just like, I'll do anything to survive. You can do anything. You can take anything. Just let me live through this night. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And I squeezed my eyes shut and I was kind of like, I'm sitting here like with my eyes closed, like gritting my teeth and like holding my fists. Like in complete fear, like, yeah. And then I opened my eyes and it was morning. So I lost 
six hours, seven hours. And from then on, and then I wasn't afraid of the dark anymore. Yeah. I went to bed the next night and didn't leave the light on. Yeah, it wasn't important anymore. Nope. Yeah. But from then on, and then, like then it was like it was, I didn't see anything after that. Like mm. that all had cut off. Mm. But I wasn't worried about that because. You didn't see terrifying I didn't, I didn't, things. I didn't see anything scary and the fear had gone away. So for yeah. a little while I was joyous. Yeah. And I was like, I'm a normal teenager now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not afraid it's just so boring when you get older you're like damn it yeah, yeah yeah and then I think I was 16 or 17 and I discovered witchcraft uh, and I couldn't do anything yeah I couldn't read cards I couldn't that was the main thing like I started out trying to read cards and I didn't really get anything it would be nonsense not yeah. just me not understanding looking back now I realized that it would just actually be nonsense it's like when you still even now with pendulums I haven't tried my pendulum in a little while. <laughs> yeah, at least remembers. Like I would ask the pendulum things. She'd get a great response like the pendulum would do. Mine would actually stay still. Yeah. So it wouldn't even just lazily move around like most people's do anyway, like your, even your hand movement. My, I would shake my hand like I did this. I would move my hand a little, like consciously move it, and the pendulum would stay still. It was really odd because I remember like uh, yeah. did she hand it to me? Yeah. I remember or did I hand you mine? And it was just... Yeah, yeah, we did a swapsie. Yeah. And it, my, yours still didn't work for me and yeah. mine worked for you. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Yeah. That's my hat man story. The hat man sort of, I don't know, took something away, cut off something, and I've had to work really, really, really hard to get it back. And then my sleep disorder developed and now it's coming back really crazily. <laughs> I have never seen the hat man since. I don't know of any of my family who have ever seen him. I think he was the hat man I don't know if he was I would assume but it's familial so who knows there are very different reports about the hat Mm. man and some of them are like utter terrifying like how you felt like that he just is he was going to kill me that was what I felt scary presence yeah and then there are other people that are like oh whatever you know he's just another type of shadow man like kind of Jen's story so I kind of wonder if if you put up a block. A big one. A massive one. Yeah, I assume that I did and I've only just been able to take it down. Yeah. And the other thing is this happened in my mother's house and she still lives in that house and I have gone back and lived in that house since and it's been fine. Yeah. The house is really active. Yeah. Like there's lots of things there. Mum now thinks that her great-great-grandmother is there and her great-great-grandfather and I had a dream about them which I will tell you later. Yeah. I had a vision of them both, I think. But she thinks they're there and so there's a lot of things there. I've never – that's the demon possum baby, I think. I've never been frightened of anything else before in the house, yeah. ever, before or since. I've been frightened at other places of things but not in that house. I mean, you, you can you can tell – yeah. You can tell when there's something not right oh, yeah. and you need to go. Yes. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere because you were 13, but like, yeah. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very bad, it was a very, very bad spirit of some kind. But given everything else that's in our house, my mum's house, it's surprising that it got in. It is crowded up there. 
Like there's lots of things there and they're all, you know, there are pets and there's nature spirits because we're quite close to, you know. Yeah, it's but also like people that oh, yeah. are who care about you, like yeah. ancestors and stuff. And yeah, like there's a lot of protection there. So this was, yeah, this was interesting. I don't really know. I say it's the hat man, but I, uh, it's an assumption. It's a thing with a hat at least, a thing, a yeah. man with a hat at least, yeah. whether it's the hat man. I mean, it could be. It sounds like it definitely could be. Yeah, it, it follows some of the other stories I have since read. Yeah. But, um, again, most of those also say it's familial, so it follows yeah. a family. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has seen it. Yeah. And I'm kind of, yeah, I haven't asked because I've been too afraid. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know. <laughs> no. And I haven't seen him since, so he can just stay the fuck wherever he is yeah. away from me. Yeah. 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 I mean, you also are not 13 anymore, yes. Yeah, and you've learned a lot about what to do. Yeah, and how to protect yourself and, and I mean, I don't know if that necessarily applies in this situation but because we don't know. But Yeah, you know. I, I don't, like I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I wouldn't good. be worried about seeing him again. I see lots of weird shit and usually I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's my hat man story. It was very scary at the time. If anyone has any thoughts, please share because in a way it was fundamental to building my practice because it was always so hard. Yeah. I did struggle in a lot of ways to connect to that for so long. Yeah. And the pension stuff is smooth. <laughs> Really weird. Yeah, that yeah. is weird, I yeah. have to say. I have to try it again and see if it works. But tarot works for you now. So now it's better, but it's it was it was like forcing it for so long. Yeah. A lot of those kinds of things. Anything where I had to reach beyond myself was always a challenge. So whether it was sensing things or you know, having feelings about things or seeing, you know. You go to a scary place when I was younger and I tried to feel it and it was like nothing. So I had to really work to develop it. Now I say I'm more sensitive, but, again, it's come like through perseverance rather than any kind of natural ability I mean, that's, that was or wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, natural ability only gets you so far. You still have to work at it. Mm, that's true. And it just means that. It's like people who, how do how do you describe it? Like, oh, okay, my friend, my friend who is an opera singer, uh -huh. uh, she started singing because people said she sounded nice as a kid, so she went and got lessons. So it's yeah. kind of like, so she did have a she had natural ability, natural ability, but she worked for it and she went to university yeah. to become an opera singer. So it's yeah. like you still have to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's just mm. you had an extra hill to climb that i probably made myself yeah out of out of self um yeah self-preservation i did yeah. actually think that i was going to die it sounds ridiculous now looking back on it but that's how i felt and i mean at 13 if something was really scary yeah and you didn't know what the outcome would be it's a yeah. logical step to think yeah. that you yeah. know no matter what like I mean, you are still really young, so. Yeah. And the interesting thing was, yeah, just the suddenness of, because I remember the night that I got afraid of the dark. I still remember that really clearly because um, one of my aunts was staying with us and she was trying to help me as well. 
And it was just weird because, yeah, the night before I was fine. And my mum said it. She said, why, why, why now? Like, you weren't scared last night. And then I was terrified. Yeah. And then it just built up and then, I mean, yeah. it could have been something within me, I suppose. Like, I had been that scared for no reason for all of that time. But then that happened and then I was also then not scared for no reason <laughs> afterwards. I mean, it's such a sudden shift both ways. Yes, and it was literally overnight because I do remember that aspect of it really clearly. Yeah. Because it went from nothing to like a year of, you're scary. <laughs> My cat just came out of the bedroom all ghost-like and it freaked me out. I was like, yeah, that was a. Uh, it's a real kitty. <laughs> it's a real kitty this time. Off she goes, grumpily, to get food. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow. It's my hat man story. All right. Well, thank you for lasting. I know this is going to be – this is a two-hour recording and my one with um, Steve was like 40 minutes. So. Oh, but these are good. Like, <laughs> thank you for sticking this out. I hope it was a bit scary for you. Yes. And if you have ghost stories, like even though we won't do a bonus episode for a little while, we will. Yeah, if we do ever get enough, we'll do an extra one, of course. <sighs> so send them sure. in. Yeah, yeah, we would really love to hear them. And any encounter, like – it doesn't have to be. Send us alien encounters. Oh, my God. Just, just, just we'll record in the day. <laughs> and if you do live in the Hobart region, like we can come and meet you and, yeah. and record. Uh, we have two mics, but we'll make that work because we've made that one work, mic work for such a long time. And if you live somewhere haunted and want us to come and look at your house from a distance maybe. <laughs> oh, I'll do it, but oh, trust yeah, I me. Would. <laughs> I would be very... I'd just be yelling at everything to fuck off because that's how I handle scary things now. <laughs> I'd be covering up and putting stuff in places. <laughs> you said it. I went there straight away and I was like, is this like the easy stairs? <laughs> that was so bad. Brain, dirty brain. Yeah, so please, yeah, we would love to hear them. Yes, um, please share. Where can people send their ghost stories to us? I don't know. <laughs> you can message us on Facebook. We have a page, um, Witchy Bites Podcast. We are on Instagram, which is witchy.bites. Witchy.bites. You can email us at witchy.bites at outlook.com. And if you really, 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 really hate writing, <laughs> you can even record yourself. Just oh, do it yeah. in MP3 format and put it in a cloud and send us the link and we'll download them. So That's true. That's um, a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, we'll make that work. So, because really, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is sitting down and doing it. And so, doing the writing, yeah. That's so much true. easier to talk. Hence the podcast <laughs> and not a blog or something like that. Oh my God, we've tried. We've tried. <laughs> Neither of us are dedicated enough for no. a blog. And oh, you can also write to us. Yeah, if you're the opposite and you're sitting down and handwriting something is your jam. You can write to us at GPO Box 93, Hobart, Tasmania, 7001. Excellent. And we'll catch you at the next one. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.